Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Clover gives you the power to run a smarter, faster restaurant. See everything in real time with the kitchen display system. Streamline takeout and delivery with online ordering. With the right tech, quick service is getting even quicker. Clover. Accept payments, run your business, and sell more. For a limited time only, visit Clover.com to get a $450 statement credit on qualified hardware purchases. That's www.clover.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it, and now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! So, pretty simple question <clears throat> sending out there in the radio land. How do you feel about the next three games? Because everything we talked about moving into the season, outside of the new personnel and the transfer portal and everything that goes into that kind of stuff, was this four-game stretch, which decides kind of where your season goes. I mean, you can point to the idea that you play, uh, what, five of your last six games at home? Sure, but the season is, is the, the season turns in a certain direction depending on what happens in these four games and the first of those four games it results in a in a sort of an attaboy. Some might look at it as a moral victory. Others don't like to use that term. Um, but I, I do get concerned with 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 back to back three point losses. Hopefully, can clean a few things up and find a way to get an upset against A and M moving forward. I think this team believes in themselves. I think they have a lot of reason to believe in their ability to clean up some of the mistakes and beat A&M, but I wonder how the listeners feel. So the lines are open, 877-377-6963. Matt, I want your opinion on that first. I think we have the better quarterback going into this game, and I, I like our defense. Um, I think we're going to go in there. This this is, this. I mean, honestly, I think we're going to go in there to Jerry's world, and I think we're going to get a victory. I, I do. I think this team is ready. I, th- I think this team's going to go out there, and they're going to play well. We're going to play fast on defense. Um, I, th- I do. And like you said, they, who, what quarterback are they going to play? You know. And so I think we're going to be able to me- mess it up for them. We've proven we can score points. A&M's proven they'll give up some points. Now, I'm not saying it might not be a shootout. A&M probably going to score some points, too. Uh, but I, I like our chances to score more than 31 points, and I like Arkansas Razorbacks to go in there and get a victory. Yeah, you're right. I mean, LSU showed themselves to be susceptible to a good quarterback with a good set of receivers that can throw the deep ball. That happened with Florida State. Same thing happened with Miami over Texas A&M a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, the blueprint's there, but it also takes – Stopping the opponent. Florida State was able to get Jaden Daniels to the ground more often. Um, and, and, and Arkansas's defense, man, they did make some plays in the second half. It just wasn't plays to get LSU off the field on third down. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll open it up for you here in a moment. I do like, um, you know, when you're going back to this LSU game because it's Therapy Monday, 
Um, and you know, we we go we go out there easy throw to start the game. I like how we started the game. Uh, then then we go three and out, but it's 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 okay. It was another easy throw on the second play. Could have been an easy first down. The defense responded, Phil, and got a three and out on their first drive. I, I really, you know, that BYU came back back out to start the second half in their first two possessions. Defense responded and had them go three and out. I, I like our defense. And, uh, you know, I do think they got a little tired at the end. But they, they scheme you up. They figure it out. They see what plan you're running to. They have, they have scholarship guys over there. They're going to figure it out and, and make some plays. But, you know, McLaughlin jumping that pass, man, that was just a veteran quarter, uh, cornerback move great move and then we go and throw an interception on the very next play that was kind of a bummer uh you can't do that on the road i know that's one that's just one he wants back you know it's nobody it's, it's just a, it's just a bad play that you that, that he wants back let's take a call here from greg in farmington he's on a mcclarty daniel hotline good morning greg how are you Hey, guys. Hey, I'm very proud of the Razorbacks and the way we played Saturday. I mean, there was some there was a couple of coming out parties. I think we got a tight end that I think we're going to be able to target more. We got another receiver that I think we're going to be able to target more. So, uh, you know, I'm just I'm very proud. Yeah, there was a few little mistakes, like having to burn the two timeouts. And, you know, and I agree with the defense getting tired. But uh, on a grade from A to on a grading scale, I'm going to give Arkansas a B minus because there are some stuff I think they could have done better. Uh, naturally, the penalties, uh, you know, they, they were crazy. But if you notice, uh, LSU's uh, line was kind of bouncing around. So may, that, maybe that was confusing to some of the younger kids uh, out there. But, you know, I think that's something that's fixable. Uh, there's nothing on the, in this team so far that I haven't seen. That's not fixable. Uh, as far as the next four game, you were you were asking predictions on that. Uh, I'm gonna go three and one. I think I think A and M's doable. Uh, you know, only one I see us losing to is Bama. You know, I'll be dead honest. As much as I want to see us beat Bama, uh, I think that's the one we lose. But I see us going. I can see us going three and one. Okay. And uh, so uh, I just want to know. All right, it sounds like Greg was going through the tunnel there. One of the things about Alabama that just at, at, at least uh, they showed uh, here this last weekend against Ole Miss, uh, Jalen Milrow may not be Tua Tagovailoa. He might not be Mac Jones. He, he, he might not even be uh, – he's not Jalen Hurts, uh, but he does throw a deep ball. He does throw a good deep ball, and he still is a willing and a very dangerous runner and – and I'm not sure about Ole Miss's defense, but Jace McClellan ran for over 100 yards. That, was, that wasn't that was vintage Alabama, but that was a much better Alabama, much better Jalen Milrow. I mean, he's their guy moving forward. There's no doubt about that. And if you got beat by the deep ball by LSU, that's how Alabama can beat you, too. That's that's their game plan. You know, it's just old school, hit you in the mouth. Uh, they're going to run it with their quarterback a little bit. That's 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 what I kind of thought they would do early. I guess, you know, they, they kind of had one of those, I guess the Texas game, you think that they're going to try to do that as well. Yeah, that defensive shift that got us, was it back-to-back plays right there? I wonder, too, if, if they have somebody making a sound, calling that, making them go in unison. And, and when you're out, when you're the third or fourth guy out on the line of scrimmage, you're kind of using your peripheral, you know, you're listening to your quarterback and you're using you're supposed to be looking at the ball that, that's that's what you're supposed to be looking at you listen to your quarterback but you, you're not supposed to go on the sound of his voice it's it's on the it's on the movement of the ball and so when you're that far out and it gets loud and your peripherals looking in and you see that quick jump in and, and it's a and they're timing that right before the end of your cadence that's I mean that's that is a that's a that's a home field advantage type of mistake you know that's not an effort mistake that's just kind of you got to be better there, you know. You know they were. I think Herb Street brought it up um, after Gregory's um, Eric Gregory's offside is that the verbal snap count has changed to clapping your hands now. And then right. I'm watching the Sunday night game last night, and it wasn't Kenny Pickett that was smacking his hands. It was the right guard. Yeah, he was the one who was calling calling the snap count by that's, clapping his hand and getting down into his stance. That's and that's because everybody hears that and you kind of time that up. But that's because if you're out there on the you're the tackles, you're you're just peripheral in. You're you're looking at the the movement of the ball before you before you move. That's why you don't really need a a cadence there. 
Let's take a call from Nelson and Harrison on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Good morning, Nelson. You're on halftime. What's up? Hey, guys. Good morning. I tell you, I'm ecstatic about our chances this year. I mean, we've got to overcome a few of the mental mistakes, but I'm going to tell you something. Luke has scored a touchdown. That ball touched the goal line. I don't care. The vertical plane of the goal line was broken with Luke Haas and that catch at the end zone. It don't, I don't know. There's no way you play. can look at that. I like seeing freshmen. On make video, play. that was a touchdown. And then, uh, them referees want to go and call that horse caller when the dude was face masking us first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I actually got him by the shoulder pads in the pad. So, but that should have been offsetting. And then the next series, they horse collar us and they don't call nothing. Come on. I mean, we're fighting our guts out, and you guys take a touchdown away. That was a touchdown. So are we putting, this, are we putting this one for LSU on officiating, Nelson? Well, what do you think? What do you think? That's all I'm saying. I don't think Haz was in. Next... I don't think Haz's play was a touchdown. I, I saw the replay. Go look I, I at it on. Go I did. look at it again. Nelson, shouting about it's not going to help here. We both disagree about this. I don't think it was a touchdown. The officials didn't think it was a touchdown either. I think 8 out of 10 think it wasn't a touchdown either. So I'll disagree with you on that. They obviously missed the face mask. That was right there. That was obvious. That was a plain obvious one. And then Malik Neighbors also on Dwight McLaughlin, that last that last play that Neighbors really made on McLaughlin, he was offensive pass interference. He shoved McLaughlin off him and then went back and got the ball. Okay. And if they're going to call, if they're going to call Hyde, if they're going to call Luke Haas for offensive pass interference when he accidentally bumps into somebody the game before, you can't have Malik Neighbors, the best receiver, going. It's shoving your best DB, you know, off of him and catching the ball and not getting a call. Okay, so we're putting it on officiating, Nelson. It's good to hear from you today. Thank you. We got Brenton Stuckart on hold. Got to take one more call before the break. Brent, you're on halftime and on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. How are you? Oh, the the mouth is good, Matt and Phil. The mouth is good, but the but the mouth has several things he has to get off his chest. Let's hear it. The mouth is tired of Coach Pittman saying. We have a good football team. We do not have a good football team because they because they are they do not take care of the small things. Eleven penalties. I don't care if you're if you're in the loudest place in the world. There's no excuse for eleven penalties. None. 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 And the big thing we don't manage our timeout timeout correct. But Matt, you play quarterback. Let's make a call, right? Get it out there to me, please. Can you agree with that? You get you want to get that out when the, when that play clock's going. Yeah, you got to get that play in. I don't know if they're using a headset, if they're signaling. How, how do they get the plays to KJ right now? I have no idea. You you got to get you got to get the play. You got to get your personnel. You got to already kind of know what the per you you. The, there's a coach on the side that's saying, "All right, eleven, be ready, twenty one. You got your guys that are going to be up." And so as soon as the play's over, their headsets are going. You got to be sending in your right personnel and be getting the play going. Yeah, it has to be very fluid. Yeah, two timeouts and a delay of game inside the red zone. Uh, those timeouts were not necessary. Then delay of game never is. I mean, that's indicative of a problem. It's not just a one off thing. That is indicative, and that goes on the head coach. I'm sorry, Coach Pittman's a good guy, but we don't need we don't need the SEC to be on on the job training. Okay. All right. Any, all right, Brent. Well, it sounds like you were you were done with that. Okay, it's good to hear from you, and uh, we'll have plenty more calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel Hotline all throughout the show at eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. I will not put this game on the officials. I don't, I don't, I don't put, put it. I don't think he was in. I, I think I, as far as me wanting to wanting him to be in on that touchdown on that great on that great catch, yeah. But I think he. I, th- I think you're right. I think they stopped him just short. Lead the receiver a little bit instead of make him leap. He kind of fl- he kind of floated a little bit backwards yeah, for yeah. it, and maybe it's not. We're not having that conversation. 
The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Mike Irwin joining us from Pig Trail Nation here on Halftime. Always appreciate his time. Before we bring him on, I want to I wanna read a statement here from Brian Kelly speaking to media this afternoon or this morning talking about that last drive, which LSU won on the field goal. And, um, you know, I mean, and you're all thinking, you let him score a touchdown, let him score a touchdown. Sam Pittman did think of that as well didn't think that LSU would actually try to score. Brian Kelly's statement is, quote, I had no intention of giving them the ball back. I don't know if you guys wanted to, but I didn't. So it was really just a matter of when we call barrier, we're not looking to score or looking to score a touchdown in that instance. We wanted to take time off the clock and put ourselves in good position. We have great faith in Ramos. We got it down to five seconds. It worked out pretty good. I, I was, you know, I'm seeing the LSU, Mike, I'm seeing the LSU running back, his feet driving. It looked like he was trying to score, but he never got close enough to actually go down to one knee. So um, I, I understand Sam Pittman's um, reasoning for not, uh, for, for, you know, for getting him to try to tackle him to the ground. I wonder what you were thinking. And now that we've heard from Brian Kelly, what do you think? Well, I mean, he, he... Kelly's on the other side of the field. He doesn't know for sure what their strategy is, but he said he didn't think they were going to try to score. And I think that whole situation was controlled by the fact that Arkansas had no more timeouts left. That that took away your options. It gave them all the options. I think he knew that. Uh, you can see on that one play you just described, when I look at it, I see Arkansas in there trying to force a, a fumble. They jammed around the guy. You can't see inside there to see what's happening, but I'm guessing there were a lot of hands in there trying to pull the ball away. That's what he said. We At that point, we had to try to force a turnover rather than just let these guys score. And again, you, if they did score... You got maybe a minute left, probably a little less. You got to go 75 yards. You got no timeout. So I think the, the lack of, a, of of Arkansas having timeouts and LSU having theirs controlled that situation. Armstrong, Tesla, Luke has uh, Dabinion. How do you think our skill guys did uh, against LSU? Yeah, I liked all of that. I, what I was impressed with, Matt, because I looked. D.J. Williams on our game day show did a breakdown of the offensive line against BYU, and it was depressing. I'm looking at that stuff, and I'm saying, how in the world can Arkansas win more than two or three games the rest of this season mm-hmm. with an offensive line that looks that bad? It's as bad as I've seen. Guys guys on their butts, two and three of them on a, in a pass-blocking situation, no offensive push, and the turnaround was amazing. Guys, they had nine... I'm going to say that again. They had nine first downs on the ground. They were getting pushed for the first time this year. The pass blocking wasn't awesome, but it, KJ threw for almost 300 yards. They, they did a lot of things. They modified the offense. The play calling was different. They had him move more. And the tweaking that they did just made all the difference in the world. Now, I have no idea what they'll do this week, but if you play like that, and this is just my opinion, because I've watched A&M and LSU, watched every game they played this year, because you can watch these games on a replay when you're at home at night in the morning or whatever. I'm just telling you, it's my impre- impression that LSU is quite a bit better than A&M. I think the defenses are com- comparable. The two teams are comparable defensively. But I think LSU's got a better quarterback. And I think they've got a uh, better offense. So I think Arkansas has got a good shot at winning this game. You win that, 
maybe you go down and beat LSU, and then who knows what Alabama's going to do. They seem to be getting better, but I, I feel a lot better right now than I did uh, before that game was played. As far as balance goes and and talent, too, specifically with your receivers, I just don't think you face another offense that's that's as good as them. And, and Jaden Daniels is an improved quarterback from, from last year. I don't think there's any doubt. He is much better as a quarterback. He throws the deep ball bound as good as anybody in this league right now. So, um, I mean, yeah, you gave up. You had trouble stopping them for those last six drives, but I think a lot of teams will have trouble. Can this defense perform better against A&M next week? We don't know who's a quarterback for them. It's probably going to be Max Johnson. They've got a couple of good receivers too, but I don't think you face another team that's as dangerous offensively as LSU was. Yeah, they're a little bit inconsistent. That's what got them beat against uh, Florida State. And you saw that on the first maybe three possessions of the first half. They've had some problems with their receivers dropping passes, but once they scored in two plays right before the half, from that point on, I'm not sure I've seen it. You go back to that national championship team that they had. This looked like that team offensively. Quarterback was putting the ball right on. His reads were very quick. You know, he didn't give Arkansas time, even with even with a blitz, to get to him. So his reads are quick. He's putting it on target. Their guys are getting open, and their pass blocking was like watching a clinic. Everybody's blocking, even their running backs. So at some point, and I know people are going, oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. You're trying, to, you're trying to convince all of us that there's not a problem. But I just go by what I see. And I saw an LSU team in the second half just really put on a show. And I'm just stunned that Arkansas matched them score for score until that field goal was kicked. Yeah, I'm with you. If if we'd have had a little more time on the on the clock, uh, I, I think we could have. Both teams were kind of getting a little tired. Uh, Mike, when I, when you look at this A and M team, you you got to think advantage Arkansas at the quarterback position. You know, Petrino uh, is is an offensive wizard uh, on, on that side of the ball. But A and M's kind of. I mean, what what are they going to do at the quarterback position? How, I mean, how 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 do you give the chance? Do you give the Hogs a chance to beat A and M? Yeah, I think they they got a good chance. I watched that A&M game that morning. I went back home after we did our game day show and watched TV until I had to come back for the Arkansas game, and I watched all of that A&M game. Now, the weird thing is, you know, Wegman, was, was, he was stinking it up, guys. He, well, he was. And then it's like everything that happens. I would, watching that, I'd much rather them face him than Max Johnson. Now, I don't know what's going to happen there with that injury. But Johnson came on it and really gave them a spark. Now, will he do it again? I don't know, but he's not Daniels. I'm telling you, he's just not. They don't have a quarterback that good. And they do have an advantage of having Petrino to call plays, but I just think you're going to see a better effort out of the defense this week. I don't think it's as difficult an environment. Arkansas fans who've never been to Death Valley, never been down on that field, I have many times, I'm telling you, it's one of it's really weird. The, 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 the stands kind of go, the first two or three rows go all the way down a little bit below field level, and you're just surrounded by noise. It's just a wall of noise. You can't. I've stood out there and not been able to communicate with a person standing next to me, especially if you're close to the end zones, either end zone. So you're not going to get that in Jerry World this week. It's not going to be anywhere near that disruptive, noisy, or whatever. So I just think they got a much better shot of winning this game than they did the LSU game, and they just took LSU right down to the wire. I mean, that part of it is impressive to me because I know what that place is like at night, and I think this is a really good LSU team. Mike, one thing that, that does concern me is, is that there's a, there's a pattern of, of losing the close games. You know, Sam Pittman was talking about all the close losses from last year, we got to find a way to win those games in 2023. Well, now it's back-to-back losses by three points. And if you look in the last 14 games, one in six in games decided by three points or less. So, And I agree. I was impressed that Arkansas played well enough that, they, that it was a game that they would have, could have, should have won, but still didn't. And, and what the pattern to me right now shows is Arkansas, over these last 14 games, has played just well enough to lose a game that maybe they should have won. 
Yeah, I was, I was talking to somebody in the media. I'm not <laughs> giving me permission to use his name, so I'm not going to say who it was. But he, he was sort of passing off on me his theory that when you're a, 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 a lineman-type coach, an old lineman-type coach, you don't have the decision-making ability in situations like that that, say, a, an ex-quarterback would have as your head coach or somebody that's been an offensive coordinator. So he, he's laying these close losses up on on Pittman's inability to come up and do the right things in critical situations. And some of it would be, if you were talking to some fans, they would say, yeah, they screwed up there at the end by not letting them score, even though I think you've made a pretty good case for the fact that that wouldn't have worked because LSU had no intention of scoring. But that is something to consider, that they keep losing these close games. And some people are putting that on Sam Pittman. A lot of the fans are, and I can't argue with them. I don't know, but I'm not going to say they're wrong. What, what do you know about Rocket's situation? Uh, apparently, at, at, at Coach Pittman's Monday presser, there was no update. He'll be reevaluated again today. And, man, it kind of felt like that. You got a little bit of an update last week, a return to practice, but not 100%. So it's like three weeks in a row of kind of hearing some of the same stuff. And sooner or later, you're either going to get on the field or we may not see you. Um, Do you know anything going on with Rocket? No, they haven't leaked anything out. I think a lot of us feel like he got scoped, you know, that he had loose cartilage in that knee. And we're just basing that on the way this thing has come down. A scope usually is a two- to three-week rehab, but it varies on, on whoever you're talking about. Uh, you know, they go in with that arthroscopic thing where they, it's a little puncture, and they go in and suck out all that loose cartilage from the knee. And a lot of people think he had that all the way back. That was the issue in the bowl game. And I, I, if it was, I don't know why they didn't correct it in the off season. But I still think if it's cartilage and, and he got scoped, he's going to be back maybe this week. If it's something else, then I don't know. Yeah, that's that's that was my question too, Phil. Was uh, did it happen back in the in the Liberty Bowl last year? And uh, if it's the same knee, and I don't know if we ever got. They've been pretty hush hush about it. I, I don't know. It, when, once you get this late into the season, you you don't you don't really expect much out of him. Yeah, I mean, if he comes back, it's a bonus because you kind of it's kind of like the Nick Smith situation in basketball. It's like you know, once he's been gone four or five weeks, man, everybody's already kind of got what's going on. And if you can sprinkle him back in. That would be awesome, but everybody else has to step up. Yeah, and it's been interesting to watch the response because I don't think they know yet who their who their guy is because they keep changing it. You know, it looked like AJ Green he had that touchdown against BYU early, and now all of a sudden he's been replaced by Dominion. Some people are saying, "Where's Dominic Johnson?" Uh, I don't. It looks like to me that it's a trial and error thing. Let's stick somebody out there and see what they do, and if they do well. We'll let it stick, but I will say that Dominion was, it wasn't just KJ. Dominion played a role in those nine first downs on the ground, and the offensive line did because they were getting a push, and that was critical to keep keeping some of those drives alive. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The year of the sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Bring on Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South on the McClarty Daniel Hotline and get into some of this uh, football stuff from this past weekend. Connor, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. You know, I, I'll admit, I did not expect Arkansas to put up the fight that it did. Did not think there was any world in which they were going into halftime with a lead in Death Valley. And, 
even in a loss, I still found myself impressed, despite the fact that I understand the frustration when that that second loss hits in the MC. Well, I also think there's a frustration that it's back-to-back losses by three points and a one-in-six record in uh, games decided by three points or less in in basically the last calendar year. So you got to find a way to uh, to clean up some of the mistakes. And look, I think everybody's going to have trouble covering uh, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. Uh, Mississippi State couldn't cover them. Arkansas covered them so-so for about a quarter and a half, and then talent took over. Yeah, it was, I mean, I thought it was pretty lopsided, that matchup. And you knew it was going to be. I mean, you know, even if you were encouraged by what you've seen from Arkansas so far and what they've been able to do defending the pass, I still think that there are a lot of elements to this team that we're, we're trying to figure out. You know, where is that identity on the back end? I think Brian Thomas is somebody that is continuing to get better for that LSU offense. And you see what a matchup nightmare it is. It's kind of picking poison. It really is. I mean, Malik Neighbors, what he did a week earlier against Mississippi State, he was unguardable. Those guys don't really have much of a chance with the way that they move him around. And when Jaden Daniels is seeing a field the way that he is right now, yeah, it, it was just a matter of trying to keep pace. I think that those guys were always going to be able to get theirs. Looking around the SEC, watching that Ole Miss-Alabama uh, game, what, what were your thoughts on that game? Has Alabama kind of ride, ride this ship, kind of turned it around? you think they'll be all right moving forward? I don't know that they've righted the ship. I think that they've figured some things out. Like, I still think that Jalen Milrow is going to make his mistakes. That interception he threw in the end zone was awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. Those, those are the types of mistakes that you just cannot afford to make if you're going to compete for a national championship. And, you know, I think defensively, they did a really nice job on Jackson Dark. Jackson Dark has been just lights out to start the season in the way that they're able to pressure him. They really took away a lot of his mobility and what he's done so effectively, despite the fact that I think that you still would look at this matchup and say, well, Alabama kind of took over down the stretch. So, you know, they, they're able to, to keep an Ole Miss offense that's been scorching hot kind of at, at an arm's length. And, and I think that's the identity of this team moving forward. We're not used to watching Alabama only score 24 points in a game, but you know, I, I still think that this team has a ways to go. It's going to be week by week. But they're, they're not necessarily going to win a whole lot of style points. I know that they covered the spread, but I, I don't necessarily think that they have an offensive identity just yet. They don't have that go-to receiver. They're running the football better, but it's still not going to be the Alabama of old that we've come to expect. But still, at the same time, it's a nice win, and it was an absolute must-win, obviously, to avoid that second loss. When we talk about the Alabama of old, we're really talking about what, like the last six, seven years. Um, how much of this is on the receivers? We, we talk about well, you don't have the quarterback that you've had before. They don't have the receivers either, and maybe it's difficult to, you know, continue to bring in first rounders on an annual basis. I mean, Jalen Waddle and and Henry Ruggs and Jamison Williams and all of that. It's just the list kind of goes on and on with that group and. Uh, maybe they hit a little bit of a bump in recruiting for receivers, but a lot of it has to go on that position group too, doesn't it? I think it does. They, they have fallen off considerably. They, they don't have that guy that can just separate and, and really go over the top and beat you like a Jameson Williams, like Jalen Waddle used to. Obviously, the list is long of those great Alabama receivers, but I mean, they, they just don't really have that guy on the outside that scares you. Who's that one that you're like, all right, we need to be able to game plan to contain him? Jermaine Burton's got eight catches this year. Everybody keeps putting him preseason All-SEC. For what? That guy's in year four and hasn't necessarily shown that he can be that difference maker that everybody thinks he's going to be going into each of these seasons. And I look at around and I'm like, all right, well, Isaiah Vaughn, he's kind of a nice player. Jalen Hale, he flashed a little bit. He had that touchdown catch where Jalen Milrow was able to stand in there and take a hit. But they just don't have that guy that scares you. They thought Malik Benson was maybe going to be it. He was the number one JUCO recruit at the receiver position in the country, and he's been pretty much visible. Corey Brooks doesn't have a catch yet this year. They just don't have those guys, and there are so many better receiving groups in the SEC, and they just, for whatever reason, have not been able to develop. It's kind of the second year in a row of that. So tell me about the A&M receiver court, because that's who Arkansas has got coming up uh, this Saturday at AT AT&T Stadium. Evan Stewart, Ania Smith, we know they're very talented. Uh, Stewart's only played three games. I think he he played fairly well this last week against Auburn. I don't think they're as good as LSU, but this is one of the more dangerous receiver groups. Just a question of, can Max Johnson get them the ball? I just... uh, 
I don't know about Johnson. I know Weigman is, is, was, was really good for A&M, and I'm expecting that we see Max Johnson this Saturday. I would expect Max Johnson is going to be out there. Uh, Connor Wigman's been phenomenal. He had a bad first half against Auburn, but that guy has been playing his tail off. This A&M offense with Bobby Petrino has looked really good, in my opinion, for the majority of this young season. And part of it is because they actually have the receivers to be able to stretch you. Evan Stewart's a stud. I don't know if there are 10 receivers in college football better than that guy. And he's only a second-year player. He's a former five-star guy. Anaya Smith, they rely on him so much in the slot. And he's more of a leadership guy, but he can still make you pay. And he can get. he's more of a move-the-chains type guy. They have options. They're very explosive on the outside. And I'm not even talking about Moose Muhammad III, who's been a reliable guy for them at times. They, they can go over the top and beat you. Like, you see when Max Johnson, like, came into that game against Auburn, they still want to attack downfield. That, that's going to be their, their bread and butter, their MO. They, this is not the A&M offense that we've seen the last two years, really even the entire time that Jimbo Fisher's been in College Station. Like, they, they have the personnel to finally execute this offense. And if I'm an Arkansas fan, even if Max Johnson's out there, I'm not going into this one thinking – that there's a considerable advantage because I think they, they just have the, the pieces to be able to go over the top and beat you that way, which for an Arkansas team, that obviously just a lot of bunch of passing yards. It's a really tough thing to stomach. Did you get your eyes on that Ohio State-Notre Dame game? I, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I, I did. And, you know, seeing the way that that played out down the stretch, I was kind of thinking about, you know, if it, for, for those who didn't get to see that, that final play, wherein Notre Dame only had 10 defensive players on the field, I was kind of wondering, how many, how would that have been perceived in the SEC? Marcus Freeman is, still has a very high approval rating in South Bend, and I think nationally, but how many coaches in the SEC would we just be talking about on Monday, skewering them for making a mistake of that magnitude in that spot, game on the line, it was so costly. I mean, it was a great, fantastic game. I, I picked Ohio State to win a national championship coming into this year, so for the sake of my pick, I was kind of delighted to see that they were a little bit more physical, despite what a certain Lou Holtz said in the pregame. Uh, Ryan Day trying to dunk on an 86-year-old guy. Weird move, in my opinion. Not something that I do in my free time, but a huge win for Ohio State. One of those games that kind of lived up to the billing and could be the sign of, of bigger things to come for the Buckeyes. So you're the one, huh, Connor? You're the one who picked, you're the only one who believes in Ohio State. The one person who picked them to win a national championship because as I hear, it's Ohio against the world, which it's it's always been that way. I mean, that's the state motto. It's, could, we, could we put to bed the disrespect thing? Could we, like, Please. I think disrespect is run its course. I, I think we need to all take a step back and think about this from Travis Kelsey getting up on a podium and winning the Super Bowl and saying nobody believed in the Chiefs. Georgia players saying that they're going seven and five, which was a thing that Nolan Smith said on the Saturday Down South podcast. He made up and nobody was actually saying that. And now Ryan Day calling out an 86 year old man after getting one of his biggest wins at Ohio State. Could just like chill on disrespect? Like Alabama, you know, we had in the preseason JC Latham at SEC media days that Bama feels disrespected because it's not number one in the country and it's not picked to win the SEC. Like, let's all just chill on, on disrespect. I, I think we've gotten to a place in the age of the internet where we listen to too many people. Like, maybe we should actually just start blocking out the noise and pretending that stuff doesn't exist. Yeah, blocking out the noise. Uh, Coach Pittman did, did just that. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him uh, deleting his Twitter account? Oh, I didn't see that yet. Oh, I've been I've been writing all I've been writing all day, so I missed that one. Well, Connor, oh, here's what here's what happened last week Tuesday. He wiped the thing clean. Coach Sam Pittman on Twitter does not exist any longer. He spoke about it today in his Monday press conference and uh, spoke about it being the nastiness on the website, not the criticism, which I think he understands is going to come his way as a head coach of a major program. It's the nastiness. It was being called fat, um, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's that's lame. I mean, that's I hate to say, like, obviously that kind of comes with the territory that's just the way people are on the internet. Like, that's that's stupid. You know, obviously you're trying to lock in. It's a very important stretch for his career. This four game stretch that he's in game number two of. I mean, it's as brutal as anybody in college football. Um, and hopefully he's in the right place mentally because I mean, I personally, you know, I'm biased. I like Stan Pittman a whole lot. I've shared those thoughts on these airwaves. The better question, though is did he stay on threads? Did he stay on threads? Because to me, that's not totally blocking out the noise 
if you're dialed into what's going on. I haven't opened my Threads account, I think, in four months. That's fun. Yeah, if you could talk about there's noise on Twitter or Facebook, there's a little tiny whisper on Threads. Just a tiny, you won't even hear it on Threads. It might be there, but you don't know it exists. Yeah, I mean, what is his app of choice? I, I don't know. Or, or these are the follow-ups that we need to be able to get to Sam Pittman to, to show that he's really blocking up the league. Is he still on Snapchat? I, I don't know. Like, we we got to figure these things out. You can't just say that you're getting off Twitter and then say that that's blocking out all the noise. we got to be able to get to, to all these other things uh, that, that are in his life. But but obviously, there's, there's clearly a mindset wanting to lock in, knowing that the margin career is very slim right now. Connor, when, when I look, I, I see Notre Dame, Alabama, LSU. They're the highest uh, one-loss ranked teams. And, and right after that, you got Oklahoma, North Carolina, Washington State, Duke, Miami. Those are your other 4-0. Are you a believer in any of those teams right there, That uh, those 4-0 teams? Or would you still be a believer in Notre Dame, Alabama, LSU? After Duke beats Notre Dame this weekend, I think everybody's going to be a Duke believer. Um, if, if you haven't followed this story, yeah, we're going we'll go on record and say that. Um, I, I'm a Mike Elko guy through and through. Uh, I, I love what he's done in, in just his second year at Duke, a job that many people, myself included, wondered, like, who's ever going to win at, at a place like that? And they're hosting college game day for the first time this weekend. I think everybody got to see what they did opening weekend against Clemson, a game where they, they were just so much more physical, and they were clearly the tougher team. Like, I, I had him in my preseason top 25. I was kind of blown away that a lot of people weren't recognizing the production that they returned from a nine-win team and things that they did last year. But they're a team that's, they're, they're going to be in a mix. I, I don't know that they're, I don't know that they're quite going to get to an ACC championship, but that, that's very much on the table. You know, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, knowing that they already have the advantage against Clemson. Obviously, it's a little bit of a different structure this year with not having the two divisions, just best two teams in the ACC. But yeah, I mean, I think Duke is the team that, that people are still sleeping on a little bit too much. LSU Ole Miss, one team Arkansas just played, the other Arkansas gets uh, the following week. Um, Does Ole Miss have a defense? Do they have a defense that can slow LSU or anybody else down? Yeah, I think so. I I think coming into that Bama game, I I liked what Pete Golding was doing. 18 different guys in that team with a TFL. I mean, they, they, they had a lot of things that were really working well. And, you know, top 25 in the country, I think they were in yards per play coming into that one. It wasn't like Alabama's offense dominated and totally took over that game. Alabama scored 24 points. I mean, it wasn't this offensive blitzkrieg. I still like kind of what they're doing on the back end. I think Prince, the corner, is, is, is a lockdown guy. Uh, and having somebody like Piggy's up front, he's really fun to watch. But I, I don't know. Like, that's it's so difficult to project. And I in, this, in the preseason, I had Ole Miss beating LSU in this game and LSU losing two games in the month of September, the first of which coming against Florida State. So I'm tempted to stick with this pick, but to me it's about what does Jackson Dart do against ranked competition because the split between teams with FBI teams with a, a winning record versus FBI teams without a winning record, like it's really, really stark, that, that difference for Jackson Dart. So I, I think this game kind of comes down to that, and Lane needs a signature win and to be able to kind of move past the embarrassment that was this past week of calling out Alabama's defensive play caller and then going into Tuscaloosa and promptly scoring 10 points. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs, whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. 
Well, I didn't do as well this week in my uh, pro football pick'em on hitthatline.com as I had last week. I have fallen into second place. A tie for second place. No, uh, that's me by myself. That's right. I'm one behind Tommy Kraft. Uh, picked 29 right. And I have my second chance for the Survivor coming up this next weekend. I think I picked Dallas as the Survivor. How did that happen? How did Dallas lose to Arizona like that? It's tough to win on the road. Yeah. Uh, when you're taking Survivor picks, I'd stick to home team. So you're eliminating half the games uh, if you want to. I'm not saying don't take a road team, but uh, that that uh, that Miami Dolphins Bronco hindsight's 2020, huh? The Do- Dolphins beating a team by 50. I mean, that's a you feel. I, I, I so four years I played in the, in the in the league, so it's not very not a long sample size. But there wasn't games like that. There were there's about one game you get blown. This doesn't happen. You don't get blown out by three touchdowns a lot, Matt. I don't think anybody had scored seventy points in the NFL since the sixties and the sixties. Got to tackle better on uh, defense. Uh, you know, you, you're supposed to have this. Uh, you know, is is I'm, I'm a Sean Payton fan. I told you when he got there, I like Sean Payton and what he can do. I'm not a fan of Russell Wilson. Now, you get beat by 50, it's not on the quarterback. You know, it's not the quarterback's fault when you get beat by 50, but man, 0-3, they look like they're going for a number one. And that, Caleb Williams, you know, you know, nobody's talking about Sean Payton getting a, a, a young quarterback to, to groom and his next 10 years being a Denver Bronco, Caleb Williams could be that guy. Uh, how much uh, How much guaranteed money is on that Russell Wilson contract? I don't care. You get rid of him. He's no not, one's trading for him. You're now. not. You're not winning. You're not winning anything anymore. I mean, Russell Wilson is. Uh, he's a very average, average quarterback. Think about this, though. Seventy points. How many games would it take the New York Jets to score seventy points with Zach Wilson at quarterback? Talk about very average quarterback. I mean, that's a bit of a below he, average quarterback. He was. He was. Um, over they 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 shot the moon man when they drafted him number two overall I did not understand the the move uh, I, I get you see what Josh Allen's doing in Buffalo a big strong kid that has a strong arm and that's the thing with Zach Will, Wilson aka Jeff George you know big strong arm but he don't know what he doesn't know what he's doing out there he doesn't know where to go to go with the ball he doesn't anticipate the thing that hurt him the most honestly it's not hey it, getting drafted where you get drafted that's 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 nothing you can you can do about that. You you go out there, you're competing, playing. The thing that hurt him the most was not being able to sit and watch Aaron Rodgers go about it. That's I mean, he needed that more than anything is just to sit, watch somebody do it the right way at a high level, glean all the information you can, gather everything you can, and then have a chance. Uh, worst, worst thing that could have happened was Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. Well, it looks like it's devolving into this sort of normal jet season now. The team has players that are getting into fights on the sideline. It's no Garrett fun. Wilson mouthing. He can't throw the ball. <laughs> we actually could see that. He said he can't throw the ball. He's referring to his quarterback. Um, and it's uh, it's all it's all three well four, uh, three weeks into the season that this is all going down to. You know there there doesn't need to be any of that uh, on there when when you're on your teammates. You got your teammates back. I, I don't know how much out in public uh, that you should be doing that if you're going to take take that in house uh, when you're going to do that because when you're out there you're together you're a team you're all fighting for the same purpose you pick your brother up. Goodness gracious though now the Jets get the Chiefs Sunday night. Uh, at MetLife Stadium this next weekend. If the Chiefs just did what they did to the Bears, they kind of got... The Jets still have, like, a defense that's good. I mean, they hold the Pats to 15 points, but they're going to need to... That defense is going to need to outscore the offense sometimes. The Pats are a mess right now, too. I mean, that they were stumbling, bumbling. They were trying to find a way to get get that victory. I don't think uh, the Patriots make the playoffs this year. Uh, I, I do like Mac Jones. I think he's all right. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Miami Dolphin-Buffalo Bills going out of that division this Look year. Look at this stretch of games that the Chiefs get right now. So they're at the Jets this weekend. The Jets are miserable. They go to the Vikings afterwards. The Vikes are 0-3. Can't get out of their own way. Then they get the Broncos. If the Dolphins are putting up 70 against the Broncos, what are the Chiefs going to put up against them? 70, probably. And, uh, and then they get the Chargers and the Broncos again. I mean, this next five games... The, the, the Chiefs ought to they ought to they ought to win these next five games and then you get this will be the game of the year, Kansas City, and the Dolphins, which looks like it's a Thursday night. Whoa, 
Whoa, that uh, that uh, A chain running back there at Miami, that that offense that they're running, uh, Tua to is delivering the ball. I mean, you got Tyreek Hill, uh, who who in my opinion is the best Z receiver in the league right now, has been for the last five years. Uh, just unbelievable uh, what what the Dolphins did hanging hanging seventy on them. I heard somebody refer to uh, that as a every you got to put burger at the end of any point total. Now <laughs> I guess that's what is always going on. Everybody has to put a burger at the end of it. The dismal Colts. The, the the team I thought that would uh, be picking in the top four, top five in the draft this year, uh, go go out there and, and, and beat the undefeated Ravens to hand them their first loss. I mean, like you said, the <laughs> the Cardinals, the Cardinals getting the Cowboys. Man, it's 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 wild on the frontier. It is the way the NFL is wild, man. It, it is. I mean, it's it's you'd think you know it's going to happen in that sport sometimes and it never really because i picked the dallas cowboys as my survivor i was sure that that defense was going to be able to smother them um but josh dobbs had himself a game first win as a starting quarterback and um Bengals 0-2. Uh, they got, uh, well, we got Monday Night Football tonight. I know they're supposed to have three games tonight. So you got yourself, this again, this is not a doubleheader. 6-15, Eagles and Bucks. Uh, that'll be on ABC. And then an hour later, the Rams and the Bengals get started uh, on ESPN. Bengals. Uh, Last time the Rams and Bengals met was the Super Bowl, right? Well, you you know, we were talking about Alabama and Clemson last week about Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney, what's going on there. And, and I'm a believer in Joe Burrow, but they go 0-3 uh, to start the season. They lose tonight. I, I don't. There's 0% chance they make the playoffs. I'd be able to feel surprised that Burrow's going to be able to play very much. If that, that, if that calf is really that much of a problem, um, it, it's going to affect him the entire season. He's not the same quarterback uh, playing on, on one foot. Who would be? I don't think anybody would be. Philly, Philly favored by five, and uh, Cincinnati favored by three as uh, week three in the NFL wraps up. So I still have a chance. I'd forgotten. I mean, it's a Monday. I'm more focused on the college game. So I still have a chance to overcome Tommy Kraft. Who do you, who do, who do you got in these two games? I don't even remember who See, I got I, in these I, games. First glance, if I'm thinking right now, um, I don't believe in the 2-0 and Buck start, and I will believe in Jalen Hurts more than Baker Mayfield. Um, and I think if, if, if the Bengals aren't right, if Joe Burrow's not right, I know the Rams aren't great right now, but I could see them winning a low-scoring game. they got a, a veteran quarterback. They, they got Stafford there. Uh, do you get the points? Because you might want to take the home team and in, in your, in your plus five, plus seven points. I don't know how many points you're getting. Well, there. in our pick'em challenge on hitthatline.com, it's just straight up. There, yeah, you know, there you go. But it's a, it's a, football's a funny game. Funny ha-ha. We're almost funny like it makes you cross-eyed sometimes. Yeah, like ball, the ball don't bounce. You know, you put a couple of dollars on the horse. The horse don't do what you're supposed to do. Our pro Forget football. about it. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 